Three guys, three shorts, three t-shirts, in a room, new office. Welcome. Talking business is back. <laughs> there we go, that's me done. No, okay. Three guys, three shorts. Sounds like the start. <laughs> like a porn <laughs> clip. <laughs> I don't need that. Right, okay. So we're back in talking business. We're in a new office. We got three guys, and once again, we're talking about the why. We always talk about the why. So today, we have not just one G- uh, GB. We have two GBs: George Bettany, obviously, and George Barrel. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought you were going to say my name. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks for having me. I've been I've been waiting for my moment to come on this show for since you started, since day one. I've been like, George, get me on the show. Yeah, so yeah. Um, you, you were the very first of the Sanctus podcast, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, back mm-hmm. in, that was like two years ago. Yeah, yeah that was a while back. Yeah. And George, where have, where have we been? We, I feel like we do this at the start of most episodes. Yeah, like, we, tr- we explain the... Yeah, but like, it has been a wait until kind of the start of this moment, like new office, new, new everything, really. Yeah, we were going to do this episode a few weeks ago and then this off the uh, the office move got delayed yeah. so we kind of said right the day we move into the new office this is day two in the new office um we're filming as well which is cool yeah so that's that's a big thing to mention straight yeah off the bat. it's the, fir- the first talking business that's filmed yep uh, which means i mean what, what does that actually mean for where i don't know i think basically i've been you, you all have been saying to me that talking business it started as something that was like a side project that i started I got you involved, Scotty. Me and you did these episodes. I've been doing these episodes for for quite a while now, and I've been uploading my voice notes, my personal voice notes. And then as it's grown, I think you all on the team have been like, "This is some. This is like a thing that you need to take a bit more seriously. It shouldn't just be a side project. It should be something that we do properly, and maybe record it properly, and film it properly. And and yeah, that's that's why we're doing this. So I think we're trying out filming it. We're going to share it more on, on social media. And I think you both, especially, yeah, you, George, have been like, I want to know why you're so passionate about this stuff. Why have you started this podcast? Why do you care? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think the, the thing for me is I obviously know you so well and, and we've, we go to loads of meetings together or we're together at lunch a lot or at the pub or whatever. I spend so much time with you. So I hear so much from you about your story, why business, your love for business, how you think business should be different the people you look up to, I, I hear all of it, but then I don't, the other people don't hear that online. Mm-hmm. And I want people to see the George Bettany that I see. Whereas I think at the moment you've got a podcast called Talking Business and immediately people see the word business and they're like, I'm not touching that because it's going to be dirty. It's about money and it's about corporates. Whereas when they get in, there's gold in there, but I know that not everyone's getting in there. So I want them to see what I see. Mm-hmm. And then once they're in, I know they'll be absolutely hooked. Mm-hmm. So what, what, why specifically are you here there? Because obviously you want to know the why, but like what, what actually drove you to actually want to be the person to be well, we, here? We invited him. Oh, we invited yeah, him. Yeah, we did okay, invite yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. But George was like, please <laughs> let me on. Please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I, before starting Sanctus, I was, I was in like marketing and content. I did a lot of kind of writing and social media stuff. So I think I have an interest in like personal brand and I, I've wanted to help you with your personal brand from that kind of point of view. But also because we have so many chats about business, we're talking about books all the time, WhatsApping each other on the weekend when we probably shouldn't be, but about business. So I, I see and hear so much of it, maybe more than the rest of the team, that I know there's so much gold in there that I want to get out. So I think it's those two things I've been like 
Yeah, and that's it good. makes me smile because I'm like, I, it's just me. <laughs> I'm just like, when you talk about it, it sounds like it's something special. I don't know. I, yeah. I just find it really uncomfortable and a bit awkward. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, um, I, I think, the, yeah. I know it's just used to, you're just used to it, but the way you talk about business is so different and it's allowed me to... It's refreshing. Isn't yeah, it? like yeah. You, you say the words like honesty and authenticity and... yeah. yeah. You, and they're like, they're like the antithesis of business in many ways, aren't yeah. they? Or like how people perceive them anyway. Mm. Um, but you, you, because you talk about a lot of things, you talk about the why, but the actual, it's kind of something we go over a lot. But then one of the reasons I suppose this episode is quite big, especially as uh, not a fresh start, but like um, kind of a new chapter of, of the podcast, is that we, we've, we've, me and you have talked. Um, about the why, why this is happening, why we've done it. In fact, the first episode was talking about the why, and we talk about the why a lot, but it's the first time we've actually talked about the why with somebody that is actually an outside perspective, mm. which is why it's quite... Uh, well, hopefully, we're going to be able to get across the actual why um, mm. without any bias attached to it. And, yeah, and I feel like in that, if you if people are watching or, or are listening, want to listen back to that first episode, I think you asked me a lot of questions of, like, why do I want to start a podcast called Talking Business? Yeah. I think I, like... Scratch the surface of it, but I think you've always said to me, George. But why, like, growing up, like, what's your story? Like, what, like, go further beyond just the podcast. And I feel like that's what you're gonna like interrogate me on now. That's what I feel yeah, I think like. I, I want to know, obviously, why talking business, but I, I want to know why business. Mm. That, that's what I really want to know. Okay, okay, go. I'm ready. I feel like I'm about <laughs> to go to an interview. Yeah, I feel, Jerry I feel, Paxman. Yeah, I, I feel, I feel like because this is this is a bit of a weird dynamic. But like, where mm. do you want to start, George? George Bell. I, I feel like I, this could be just a massive question to, to start with, but like, but literally, why business? Like, where has your love of business come from? Like, going right back to early age. Mm. Like, yeah, why? God, we're going straight in. I, I feel like so. My, if I think about my childhood, it was my the main thing in my life was was football. So I played. From a very young age, I was really good at football, just nat naturally was quite good and then got better. And then and I think I was like 12, 13, I signed for Derby County, signed for an academy, which meant you're playing five nights a week, five days a week football. So my whole secondary school, all my childhood was football. I had no social life, really had no life other than driving to Derby, 45 minutes there, driving back. My dad drove me there and back every night played every Saturday, went to watch on the Saturday afternoon, started again Monday. That was my whole life. And I was good, but I didn't like love it. Like, there was a lad there called Jordan Murch who made it as a footballer, Premier League footballer. And he, that he couldn't, they couldn't turn him away from the training ground. All he wanted to do was play football. Like mm. he had nothing else and he loved it. They're telling him like, Jordan, don't come tomorrow. There's no training. And he'd turn up at 15 and play with the first team. And so I think when I saw that, I was like, I don't have that level of passion for this. So I don't think this is where I'm meant to be. So quite young, I was like thinking that to myself. Mm. But I don't know whether it's pressure from my dad or what. My dad like took me so, like he, did, he drove me around the country playing against United and Arsenal, all these teams. A fair play to him, like the whole family was committing to me, to me doing this. And I, when, it, when you get to 17, 18, you either get a professional contract or you don't. And I got released. Uh, to be honest, I wasn't good enough. And I think the reason I wasn't good enough was because I didn't put in the extra. I didn't really care enough. And so when that happened, I just had this kind of void. And then, and then I had a, a, offers to go to other clubs. I turned them down. My dad was like, why are you turning them down? You could be a 
footballer. I was like, I don't think I want to be dad. I, I just want to, I don't know. I just know I don't want to. And I think from that point then, I started to think about what things do I actually enjoy? Like I'd, growing up, the things I'd do in my spare time was I'd read, I think, Richard Branson's autobiography. I read it like three or four times. Alan Sugar, which to be honest, he's not really a role model anymore. But at the time, he was this businessman who was self-made. Dragon's Den, I'd watch it religiously. The Apprentice. In my spare time, other than football, those things kind of came out of me. Mm -hmm. So I think once I stopped doing it, then like my real me started coming out. And um, and then I went, kind of just before I went to uni, I decided to go to uni. Before I went to uni, I started playing around with kind of different things of like trying to start my own business. And I feel like, yeah, yeah, I, I don't really, yeah. Was that when you were playing football then? Like, because it seems almost like you, you knew that you, that's what you didn't want to do. Mm. But like, was that ever, were you ever just kind of resigned to doing it? That you were like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. To be a footballer? Yeah. I just, I think I saw at such an elite level, the difference between, I saw the difference between being an academy player and being able to say, I'm now 27, I can say, oh, I used to play at academy and people are like, that's cool. Mm. The difference between me and a player who has made it is so small that you have to want it so bad that it's, you give everything. And that is the difference between success and, and, and not. And I realized like to be able to make it in something in life, I need to have that thing. I just, I just saw it in the, in the changing rooms. I saw the lads that would rather play every day and play at any level, not even just Premier League, just they'd rather play Sunday League and, and love it than do anything else in their life. And I was jealous of that, basically. I think at a young age, I was like, I want to find what you have in football in something else in my life. And to be fair, I say I, I listen to The Apprentice and stuff. At that age, I tried everything. As soon as I stopped football, I'm, I'm talking lads, magic. I, I, anything, that, <laughs> anything that I found remotely interesting, or that I, th I felt like I might have a shred of passion for, I tried. Magic tricks, I was, I was doing magic tricks, learning them in my bedroom, and then I performed them in pubs. Street dance, I joined a street dance crew and performed at the Royal Albert Hall, juggling, fuck, what else? Yeah, I mean, there's loads. I could literally, I should, I, you should probably ask me more and there's probably loads, but I tried anything that I felt I had an urge of passion for. And then once I tried it for a while, I realized like, actually, no, I'm not going to street dance for the rest of my life. I just tried loads of things until I found something that I almost couldn't get enough of. And that eventually led to doing businessy kind of stuff. So were you, were you doing these things to do the thing? Like, were you street dancing for street dance or were you doing it because you wanted to find something where you'll wake up every morning and go, this is finally my thing? Yeah, that's, that's all I was searching for. Yeah, I was just searching for the thing that I, I couldn't stop thinking about. Mm. So... And, and it seems so ridiculous at the time. Like when I did the street dance thing, uh, <laughs> like I always talk about my dad, but like my mates as well were like, what are you doing? Like you've just had the opportunity to, to make it in, like you'd be, you'd be loaded. You'd mm -hmm. make loads of money and you'd do the dream. You'd play football for your, for your career. Um, and I just didn't want to. And I, I just thought, I want to try these other things that I just, mm. I, I've never had the opportunity to just try. YouTube filmmaking. I, I, honestly, I just tried it. I tried everything for those, those years, kind of in between football and and then uni and stuff. And and how how was it as like a like an eighteen year old, saying against I guess like your parents telling you you should carry on the football, mm. your mates, football is kind of the, the done thing to do as as a lad, a young lad. How was it 
rejecting that, pushing back on the criticism and, and taking up like magic as an 18 year old. <laughs> just, I just, I don't know, I didn't really care. I, 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 yeah, I didn't really care. I just, I remember um, there were so many times when I just, I didn't really tell anyone. Like I'd go to the, these, these pubs and perform magic tricks on my own in, in a way or, <laughs> or just with my mum or I'd just do it on my own to just figure it out and, and play with it and see if I enjoyed it. I wasn't really doing it for anyone else. I think it was the first time where I was exploring things that I wanted to do for myself. So I definitely got stick for it and it was definitely hard when people found out I was doing these weird things. But it, I, I felt like I had nothing to lose. I felt like I suddenly had all this spare time because I'd committed so much of my life to one thing. I was like, well, I'll just commit those hours to something else. What were you driven to find though? Like, like, were you driven to find a career? Were you driven to find a purpose? Were you driven to find like that, just something which gives you the same passion that you saw in Jordan much? <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I think I was, I, I was looking for what Jordan and other footballers. Were you worried about like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hitting to an age where I'm going to become an adult or uni things? Maybe, like that. yeah, maybe because but it wasn't, it wasn't like the predominant thing. It was finding a passion. Yeah, I wanted to find. I, I did feel a pressure of like, oh, they've they found it so young. Mm. I want to find that. I used to look at players like Cesc Fabregas and Neymar at such a young age, and I honestly wouldn't be able to watch them because it would make me feel inadequate. It would make me feel low because mm. they found their thing and they're excelling in it. And I really wanted to find that thing as well. It took me a, 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 a few years to realize that they were maybe like really lucky to find that so young. I, mm. I think I just, I just presumed that you find it at seven or eight years old and then you've got it. So it's not necessarily a career. I just wanted to do things that I enjoyed and loved. Like I really wanted to find something that I just loved basically and would commit that many hours to. So yeah. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm just like amazed hearing it because I don't think I'd, I don't think I, like passion was a part of my vocabulary until mm. I was yeah. like, like 22. Mm. And you're you're there at like 16, 17, 18, desperate to find this thing. And I, like, I hadn't even grown up until mm. I was like 21, 22. I think I was really lucky because I grew up with this elite level mm. of training and mm. discipline and work ethic and winning mentality and success. I was It was ingrained in me by the very best. Mm -hmm. And I played against the very best of so that that was in me from a really young age without really knowing that that's what, mm. what was happening. So then when I got released, um, I remember feeling relieved. I was like, oh, finally that's out my way. But then I kind of wanted to fill it with something else, so. I, I yeah. guess in many ways it's like a weird dynamic because like you, in like that way of life, you do kind of have to think about all of these questions of like, what do I actually want to do in life? Mm. Really early, because mm. what, what, you were 12, 13? And that is basically saying oh, that you commit your life to this right now. Mm. And obviously that seems like an attractive thing at the time, but it makes you think then, because you don't really think about that, do you? Like no. you think about, oh, I like doing Honestly, this maybe. Honestly, it, it, it turns so quickly, because at 12, 13, you join the academy and you're playing and it's all fun. Honestly, it, it's, they're really, the coaches are really lighthearted. <laughs> it's all a bit of fun. You bring, then you get to like 15, 16, and it turns, they're like asking you questions like, do you want to make it? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know, I'm 15. Mm. Like, do you want to, I, I, I remember we had one game against Manchester City, we lost eight nil and they sat us, up, sat us on the pitch after the game and gave us a, like this rollicking of like, do you realize that this is a career, that this is your life, that people play football to pay for their families? 
And I was like, I just didn't get it. I was 15. I was like, mate, I just I just quite like playing football. Mm. I don't really think about that just yet. Mm. But there were others that were. <laughs> and that was the difference. So you, you, you were like forced to mature like before. Maybe, maybe yeah. And maybe. How, d- did that time in the academy, which how long were you there for? How many years? Probably six, five or six. D- did that have a, a kind of a long-term impact on you in the way you then approach business and like what you were just talking about, how it was kind of, um, it was strict and it was rigid mm. and, and the coaches were almost like businessmen. Did mm. that have a long lasting impact? I think maybe now I'm saying it out loud now. Yeah, it probably does. Cause like, yeah, they were, it was great. It was such a good feeling to be part of a team that, that gets on, mm. uh, that is a, that is together and wins. It was the worst feeling in the world losing. It was the worst feeling in the world, giving up hours and hours and hours to then not succeed. Mm. And so I think that now you've said it, now yeah. I think about us and the company. Yeah. So much of it is in there. Yeah. I learned so much of it on the football pitch and in the dressing room. And mm. it's it's within me. <laughs> I, think, I think I think that that's why I asked, because the way you just talked about the academy mm. is the way I hear you talk about business. Like mm. and the way you talk about football actually. I think you talk about mm. um, some coaches almost as businessmen. Yeah, you I see Jurgen Klopp as he's like yeah. my idol. Yeah, he's yeah. like my idol. Yeah, yeah. I, I used my idols used to be uh, like musicians. It's weird, like the people I looked up to. It was Alan Sugar and Richard Branson because they were the only ones that resonated. Then as I got a little bit older, like seventeen, eighteen, it was Ed. Sh- it was anyone that was my age who was doing something that they clearly loved and were doing well. So like Ed Sheeran, honestly, like I obsessed. I watched every single video, every single article about his life because it was inspiring to see somebody living out their dream and doing well. So, and then I think as I've grown, Jurgen Klopp's now my my guy because Ed Sheeran doesn't do it for me anymore because he's kind of done it. And I'm now, I don't know, I've, I've, mm. I'm a, in a different place in my life, so. Mm. What, was, what was the difference then between like Ed Sheeran and Seth Fabregas? Because like, hmm. like if you, you, you didn't want to watch Seth Fabregas because of how good he was. I think it's because I tried I tried football, I'd given it my life and it didn't really do it for me. So I think I, st- I, I didn't really look to... Improve. I didn't really look to those, I didn't want to look to those role models anymore. I, I, they still were role models. I just kind of, I looked elsewhere. I was like, where else can I find inspiration? I think, I, I think I'd grown up looking at those kind of people and then wanted, wanted more. So it was much more like a, a quest for inspiration than it was to... Yeah. Uh, just a, a passion. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fair enough. And yeah. then you've kind of been through. You've you've done football. You've been through this like limbo mm. phase where you you try and all kinds of things. When did business come in? Like where, what? Because if if that was a passion you're effectively mm. pursuing outside, what was the point? You were like, actually, I'm I'm gonna try this like vague idea of business. I I, I don't know if either of you. I'm sure you have. But when I read Richard Branson's book. The way I felt was crazy at a young age. I felt so inspired, it was scary. I couldn't believe that one person could create so much and do so much in the world. It, was, it, it blew my mind. I, I was like, how does he do that? That's sick. I wanna try it, I wanna do that. Like his life seemed so full and he looked like he'd just done so much. I was like, I wanna just do that. And I, I hadn't felt that in any of the things I've tried. Like all the other things like magic street dance, it wasn't a, it wasn't enough. It didn't f- mm-hmm. fill me with this fire. So when I read these books, it filled me with, I don't know if anyone else 
feels, I'm sure everyone's got this in them, but I was, I was like, whatever that is, I just want to feel that again. Honestly, just reading a book gave me the fire. And so I just wanted to try and start my own thing. And when I read, read these stories, Richard Branson started off with like nothing. It was like a really shitty kind of, he was selling CDs or something like that. And I was like, I can do, I can surely start something like that. And my first proper job, because I chose not to go to uni when I was meant to, I kind of delayed it on the, on the day I was meant to go because I really didn't feel like I wanted to go. And then I was like, shit, what do I do with my time now? And I got a job in a jewelry watch repair shop and I learned how to fix watches. And I learned, yeah, I just learned, I literally ran the desk. So all the customers, all the customer service, um, went through me and I learned how to like do that and I learned how to fix watches and every day every Saturday morning the queue would be massive and I figured out a battery cost 2p and we were charging five pound and it was well easy to fix and the guy that I worked for I didn't really like I thought it could be done well better so I was like I'm just going to do this myself and make the money myself and build build it better I don't know why so I started building out the brand it was called watch it I bought some equipment started fixing people's watches. Then when I went to uni, I set it up as the student watch repair brand <laughs> at uni called Watch It. Um, and that was like my first, I wouldn't even call it a business, but it was my first venture. Yeah. Was it the right demographic? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the worst, it's honestly, <laughs> did it work? It's the worst business ever. Like no students really wear watches and if they do, they're cheap. So if they break, they just get a new one. It was so <laughs> yeah. bad. But I had this dream of like franchising it and being the number one student brand. I did all my market research. I was the first student at Shepherd Uni to get this grant that I got before I even started at the uni. And so on my first week, they gave me this 500 pound grant. And I remember in Freshers Week, and this is a weird thing to, to say, but um, before growing up, everyone would always introduce me as, oh, it's George, he plays with Derby. And it gave me this, hmm. um, what's the word? Gave me like- Description. It was like, it people, part were, part impressed. Yeah, people, people were impressed by yeah. it. It gave me like some kind of ego thing. Mm -hmm. So when I met mm -hmm. people at uni, I really wanted them to know I wasn't mm. just like them. I wasn't just a student. I wanted, wanted them to know I've got this thing. So in Freshers Week, I'd introduce myself, like, I'm George, I've got a watch repair thing. <laughs> and I would, it was embarrassing when I think back. Like I said it within seconds. I was like, watch it, I've got this watch repair thing. And it's, yeah, I'm gonna take over the uni, I'm gonna roll it out. And I was so nervous, really. I think I'd never really just had, at uni such like a vulnerable place because you're just meeting people for the first time. I didn't want to just be George. I think I was scared of that. I needed something else, so people were impressed. Mm -hmm. um, what, just, just like, why are you scared of just being George? I'd never been just George. Mm -hmm. I'd always been George, always good at football. And that was my brand. And that made me feel, made me feel good. Mm -hmm. So I need, I wanted, and I also wanted to feel different. I wanted to be different and I didn't want to just be the same as everyone else. Mm -hmm. So I think it was my like defense mechanism. And I mean like what, like how, how do people react I think people are polite, aren't they? They're like, oh, cool, mate. <laughs> Sounds good. Oh, I'll cool. see you there on Saturday. Yeah, yeah cool. Yeah. And really, they were like, probably, honestly, they were probably like, I, I think my mum always says I had a bit of ego when I was growing up because you were, I was treated well when you're playing mm. at such a high level. You turn up to football matches in your suit and your boots are cleaned. It's like I was treated like I'd made it. And I did get a bit cocky, I think, and my ego is in there a little bit. So, yeah, I think it was... I kind of liked feeling important. Mm. Um, yeah.
did that, do you think that kind of helped you believe you could be the next Branson? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. when I read the books, all the stories were like, I, I realized that if you follow the same path, that you will just get the same as what's always been done. So if you, get, if you follow the same path that people tell you to follow, you won't create Virgin. Like I literally read his story and I was like, every point he did, he was different. So I knew that to be able to even have a chance of doing something like that, I couldn't follow the norm and I didn't want to, I wanted to do things differently. So there was also a fear of like being normal mm -hmm. and being the same as everyone else because I knew that would equal, well, I don't know. I don't know what it meant to me, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. I wanted to differentiate myself always. I still do, mm -hmm. to be fair. And ju just like, just to come back to something, because like you keep saying like um, you want to do that well, you see Branson doing that. Mm. You refer to business as mm. that, but mm. like, what is that? Like, what, what, I mean, God. business is such a massive word, but mm. yeah, that. Just, uh, it's really hard to sum up because it's like create is the only word I could probably describe. It's create something from nothing. And oh, I've got it actually. It's the set, the biggest thing for me is probably legacy. Mm. It's probably something around. I don't know why, but growing up, I've always had this feeling of like, we're so lucky to be alive and so lucky to be in the 1% of the 1%. I don't know where I've got that gratefulness from, gratitude from. And so I wanted to make the most of my life and I want to leave something behind. I want at the end of my life for people to go, oh, wow, that he did this and created this and had that impact. So I've been driven by wanting to leave something behind and to do something with my life. Like I've only got like 80 years or however long to do something. So that's what that is. I don't know, it's so hard to describe mm -hmm. that. It's so hard to mm -hmm. break down because that's what it was. It was like create something that matters, that lasts, that lives beyond you, that means something to other people and is left behind after you're gone. Well, that makes me think that the, the business side of what you were inspired by wasn't actually business at all. It was like the, the personality traits of the the people that mm. and that you looked up to at that point. It was, and it just so happened to fall in line with uh, presumably the personality traits that these these people who had founded huge mm. businesses actually had. Um, it, was that was that it? Was it just like was it more of a personality trait thing? Probably, yeah. Because I, I find, as you guys know. YouTubers, I, got, I find, yeah. I love people. They started from nothing and they're just doing... They're creating yeah, yeah. and building something that matters to other people. That's why I love YouTubers. But I've tried iMovie. I've tried making videos. <laughs> I, I spent uh, six months doing it and it just wasn't quite me. Like I wanted to not be, but yeah, I just knew it wasn't me. Mm. So definitely, um, yeah, I think that it just really felt like me when I, mm. when I read. And when I started doing it, so when I started selling the watches, and fixing watches, I came alive. I was behind the desk, I built the brand myself, I was I was providing a service. I just felt alive, I felt like I've created something out of nothing mm -hmm. and it was felt good. Mm -hmm. I think that, that's important to say as well is that you, I think a lot of people see people like Steve Jobs and like, I wanna do that. And then when it comes to the actual day-to-day -day business side of things, they hate it. They, mm -hmm. they just wanna be the Steve Jobs mm -hmm. and fast forward 50 years. Whereas I think you actually like doing the invoicing <laughs> and like building the spreadsheets. Maybe not that bit. Maybe, yeah, maybe not yeah, yeah that. But you yeah. but you like getting your hands dirty, right? And mm. and kind of the actual nitty gritty, mm. which a lot of people don't. 
True, true, true. Yeah, I think it's hard. I think I've learned through doing this for a, a long time now, what well, it feels a long time, um, that it's really hard. And just the same as if you're going to be a footballer, you have to get in the gym every day. You have to get up every day and train hard and work hard. And that's the only way of really making it. You've, so you've got to enjoy it. And so I've always enjoyed this. I just find, I find it, I don't know, mm. just, it's, my, it's my passion. It's like, I don't find, it doesn't feel like work most of the time. It just feels like I'm doing things that I really enjoy. So why would I stop? Mm. Yeah. It does come back to like what this idea of what it is. Because yeah. like if you, if, you, if you're driven by, if you're inspired by these people that have certain personality traits mm. doing something, and you enjoy doing it, mm. then it, it, it becomes more vague. And we're actually like, I'm I don't even know anymore. Like, what we're we actually talking about in terms of are we talking about just it's, like, yeah, yeah? Because I think I think it, it it's almost been stretched beyond business. So you like some of the people you talk about the most when you talk about business are people like Ed Sheeran or Avicii. Mm or Jurgen Klopp, it's not actually businessmen, it's people who are creators or people following their passion or whatever. I don't, you don't often talk about that many business people. Not anymore, no. So I think that the term business to you is almost just like, it's like passion or purpose. I think or. I get boxed off because I am an entrepreneur. I get boxed off in the category of what most entrepreneurs are boxed into, of like a businessman. And I don't think that's truly me. I don't think it's truly me. Um, and that's not how I see, I, I think most people's, way of looking at an entrepreneur businessman is like making lots of money or something like that and that's not what i've ever really been driven by and it's not really in my personality it's like creating creating things and leaving a legacy i don't know if that's mm -hmm. but but this now falls under your definition of business mm -hmm. yeah, yeah 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 uh, because like we are on the talking business podcast mm -hmm. and even even if it's difficult to understand and maybe different to other people your description of business is all of these things it is effectively like put simply like creativity and passion mm. those would be like the two fundamental words yeah it, well yeah okay so not to skip ahead too much but um effectively like your definition of business is different of people's definition of business but you stick by that definition of business because other people may see it as uh, I mean, I don't really know what the, <laughs> the mm. definition is. For me, it's just transactional or corporations, that kind of thing. Mm. Uh, but for you, it's fundamentally creativity and passion and just doing something. Um, and now we're on the Talking Business podcast, mm. then the whole point, and to be honest, one of the biggest reasons why we're actually talking about this is to get across that description of what business is to you and what business is on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think the name Talking Business, like growing up, me and my dad would talk business. We'd talk about, oh, don't worry, you know, we're talking business in here. And we'd, we'd just be talking about life and talking about, and my dad's, I mean, this is something else, my dad runs like a small business back at home. Mm -hmm. So I'd be really interested. I'd ask loads of questions and want to know what's happening. So I'd be talking business with my dad. Um, but it'd be more than just like the numbers. It'd be, I'd be like, how do you do that then? And what? why'd you do that and stuff like that? And, and also, I just find other businesses really fascinating. Like, I find pretty much all businesses fascinating because they've been created out of nothing. So I find them really interesting. And I, I could talk about business for all day. So it's like, that's why I called it this because it's mm -hmm. my, mm -hmm. I love talking mm -hmm. about business. And <laughs> you, you, you just said that word again, created, like, created out of nothing. It's the same thing mm. with Ed Sheeran, like created out of nothing. I think that's that's the thing that you seem to love is this 
created out of nothing. Like you never talk about business people who have been the CEO that's been handed the keys to HSBC and he's just kind of walked into it. You talk about the ones who have built HSBC up from the from nothing. True, true. And yeah, there's something else as well. The other things I love is like you can create it and like you guys work here now and it's your life. And like it then when you look back on your life, you'll be like, oh, I spent 10 years at this, all my life at this company called Sanctus and we did this and I did this. And they're the stories you'll tell your grandkids. Like, I'm like, you can shape, we're shaping that now. I'm, I'm, it's mad. I don't know. Whenever I speak like this, everyone, I feel like, I feel weird saying how that that's how I think about it because everyone's like, but that's how I think about it. And then the people that we, so all the people that work here, if we have hundreds of people that work in here, like their life is this, so we can make their life amazing. Mm. And you leave them legacies and stories to tell their grandkids. I love the idea that we can do that. And then the people that we impact, like and our customers and our users, let's say all the Sanctus users, their lives are changed by us and they will tell their grandkids about, oh, this company called Sanctus did this for me. I'm just like, it's the ultimate like thing that you can do with your, with my life is, is do that. That's how I see it. So it, it just sounds like stories. Like it doesn't like effectively what you talk about reading Richard Branson and, th- and things like this. You're not inspired by somebody or passionate about something if you just see X has done X, whatever. Like you're not uh, inspired by an accomplishment. You're inspired by. I mean, I come back to books because that's somebody's life story, mm. how they got from the start to the end, and that's why you like. I mean, theoretically, that's why you like now. Because that's what it is. You're like you're on this story mm. uh, of just doing what you want to be doing. And yeah, I think the story bit is the legacy bit. Yeah. Because my, I always feel bad when I, I feel like I'm putting my dad down, but I'm not. I've got the most respect for my dad. But his business, he he was a teacher. Is is pretty much his whole life. And then he started a sales job when he was, I think, forty. No, thirty. And then started his business at forty-four. So it was when I was growing up. So I saw him starting it from nothing, I think. And he, he sells kitchens, basically, to hospitals and to schools and stuff. And I, growing up, everyone would say, my gran would say, you're going to take over your dad's business one day. And I'd be like, don't think so. Because I was like, kitchens. I'm like, I could find a way to find a passion about kitchens. But I was like, I don't feel like they really change the world or really make people's lives better. And there were other businesses that I've been off asked to get involved with, and I've looked at what they actually do. And I'm like, I, I can't get excited about that. Like, that's not really changing people's lives or having an impact on their life. We'll probably make some money from it. I will make some money from it. But we're not, I could do so many other things with my life other than sell kitchens. Dad, if you listen, I, 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 I don't put it down. I just, for me, I want to spend my time doing something that matters, something that really matters to people. Mm-hmm. And that's, how, that's honestly how I've always felt since really young. So it's weird how Sanctus then evolved because, um, yeah, it's just always been in me, I mm-hmm. suppose. You think that, that that's important because you don't, you don't just love any and all business just for the sake of business. Like mm. you wouldn't work at any business. So what, what is it? Yeah, like when you say you want to do something that matters, like what, what is that? What does that look like? I just think it's, there's so many ways you can make people's lives better. So many, so many ways to make people people's lives better and that's it honestly that's the last company i was involved with was kind of like a healthcare company called right clinic that i just worked 
Um, I just supported the CEO for like a few months. He's helping people, you know, get better treatment and stuff. And it just felt so. I was speaking to the people on the phone and the, the platform was helping people find the right clinic and stuff. Um, yeah, so I think it's that. I'm kind of jumping back towards the story a little more because we got up to watch it was pretty much the, mm. where we got up to. So theoretically, there must have been some kind of thing that um, maybe tarnished or at least was a, was an obstacle in the ro road after that kind of didn't take off in the way you'd mm. been like saying to everybody it had. Mm. Did that kind of tie into when you met James at uni? He was one of the only people that like took me seriously with it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So I had like all these banners and stuff and I'd, I'd got in trouble with the uni because I sold... Where, where it did go well was I to promote Watch It in my head with, with Varsity at uni where Sheffield Uni played Sheffield Hallam at all the sports. Um, I s decided to buy a thousand wristbands from China for, I think they were 10 p each and got the Watch It brand on them and branded it with Varsity. And then I sold them around, camp around the campus for a pound. So I was like, I can make 700 quid from these and then it'll promote the, the Watch It brand and the franchise will grow. And I tried to put them in like the, the uni bar and the uni shop and I got them in there. And then the next day I got a call from like the MD of the uni or the CEO. It was like, hi, are you George Benny? I was like, yeah. He's like, are you selling the wristbands? I was like, yeah. He's like, thing is you can't sell them without asking me really because we are a business so do you mind coming in and having a chat with me tomorrow and I did a deal with him where we we put 20p of the wristbands to all the sports to the sports society and I pretty much sold all the wristbands I made like nearly a grand and so did, so that bit did do well mm -hmm. and and then it kind of evolved we've got all my mates to help with that so I had my mates with buckets with the wristbands in the buckets selling the wristbands around campus and so the watches didn't work too well. The wristbands got loads of people involved. And I think at that point, I kind of met James, who was the only one who was like, mate, this is pretty cool. Like, where did you get those wristbands from? And how much and why? And why are you doing this? Everyone else just thought I was a bit weird, to be honest. Because um, there was loads of times where I did the watch shop at, at the uni, trundled down to the union with my, my gear, and no one would turn up because no one needed a watch fixed, <laughs> which was really... <laughs> Yeah, it's disheartening when mm. you've put so much time into the brand and stuff and then no one cares, mm. really. Um, but yeah. Mm. And what what's interesting is, because you had this business and a couple of business after, which I guess we'll come on to, but when you were, were running Watch It, like th then surely you weren't like, I'm going to change the world. Or were you thinking that? Were you thinking this I think the impact? I knew I had to start where I was. I, I think I realised... I was trying... Uh, I realized I had, I just had to work with what I'm good at and what I know and what I've got like in front of me. And so I didn't try and think too far ahead mm -hmm. at that time. I just kind of, I think the feelings of wanting to do something that matters, I think was in there. But at the time I was like, mm -hmm. I've got to do something and I don't know what it is yet. This feels like quite good. I'm just going to do it and see what happens. I didn't really think mm -hmm. this is going to be my life's work. I just thought that might get me a bit closer. The magic wasn't getting me closer. This watch thing might. Okay, I'll do that. Mm. Oh, it's getting me a bit closer. I'm quite enjoying this. I'll keep doing it. Mm. So I didn't really try and think about mm. it too much. I just just trusted my gut and followed that and just followed my heart with it a little mm. bit and just did that. Mm. Yeah. And then and then from, from me and James, you two kind of teamed up right on, what was it, Nightfinder? That yeah. You, that was your next thing? Yeah, that was, 
I mean, that never really came into fruition, but it was a, we then started thinking about what could we do together? Because Watch It was my thing and it wasn't really working. And it was like, oh, let's do, we'd been watching The Apprentice. They did this, they do the thing where one of their episodes or challenges is to make an app. So we were like, oh, we should make an app. Um, and we just came up, we we're trying to come up with ideas of like, what is the app that we need? And as a student, there's not many really. It's like, where'd you find booze? Um, dating and where'd you find a good night out mm. and that's where night finder a nightclub ticketing out which every student has probably bloody thought about and that's kind of but just having a project for us to work on is where we started thinking and then that didn't really work and then that's when match chat the first app kind of came about mm. um, and I was just loving doing it with someone it's the first person I'd met that wanted to like sit up until like early hours of the morning thinking about ideas and getting excited he's the only person on my not on my level but who wanted to mm -hmm. so it's really fun i didn't really care what we worked on i just wanted to work on something uh that i found fun with jamo so it did change it mm -hmm. changed mm -hmm. and then obviously match chat is that that's like that's kind of a big a yeah, big, big step chapter. in your yeah massive chapter yeah, i think yeah. there's so much you learn from that period of how not to do business mm. that you've carried on on with you from there. Mm. And I, I guess, like, do you want to talk us through briefly like, what happened at Mass Chat? I mean, we'll probably do this in another episode. But <laughs> yeah. this, this is a whole episode in itself, for yeah. sure. But. I, th I think when I actually say it out loud, the story of how it went from football to watches to uni to wristbands to nightclubs to Mass Chat, it makes sense that Mass Chat wasn't the thing because it wasn't thought through. It wasn't, I wasn't trying to start something that would be my life's work. It was just an iteration of the last thing, kind of. So Match Chat was a sports app that me and Jamie had an idea for. And before we knew it, we were like properly running with it. And it was, we, fa we found two computer science students, Nabil and Stefan, who became our co-founders, who helped us build it. So we suddenly had a real app then we had a few people using it, and then we we started meeting the right kind of people. We got onto an accelerator. We raised some money. It felt really fast. Like within twelve months, it had gone from me doing the um, the watches to suddenly having an app and investment and um, dropping out of uni kind of thing. So it really it happened really quickly, and without us really thinking about is this what we really want to do and how do we want to do it? It just felt like a uni project that became a business and became like a real thing. So there was a lot, we did loads of things wrong with, with mm. Match Chat to be fair, which is probably for another episode, but we can talk about it more now. Mm. Um, well, how did that affect, loads of lessons. How did that affect your like passion and drive or did it affect your passion and drive or like uh, even, even your mental health at that time? Like how, how did that experience where, it, mm. well, theoretically to begin, it seemed like it seemed exciting because it was it, fun, yeah. Because I mean, you were getting money. Uh, mm. Oh yeah, we, sorry. Uh, you were raising money for it, um, and then what was the point that maybe for a long time you were kind of putting off where it was going? I, th I think what happened was I was loving doing something with Jamo, who's becoming like was my best mate, and we are make we are creating something, and it was fun. And it was exciting, it was new, we were meeting cool people, um, we were doing things differently to all my mates at uni, it felt fun. And then when it became real and we raised money, we didn't really, we did think about it, but we just thought, oh, that, that's a new thing. And we'll, we'll, 
we'll go onto that accelerator, we'll learn loads, and then we'll see what happens. And then what an accelerator does is three months where you meet, lo you meet loads of investors, they help you accelerate your business. So by the end of the three months, you're more investable. So before we knew it, by the end of the three months, we were like really investable and we got investment. And then, so honestly, up to that point, it was fun. Then once we'd raised the money and we had an office and we had, it was real and I wasn't doing uni anymore. It was like this sinking realization over the next few months of like, is this app, do I actually care enough about mm. this app? Do I really, is it really changing people's lives, helping people talk about the match? Like that's what mm. the app was mm. doing. If me and you were watching the same football match, we could talk about the match on there. I was like, when I didn't, I, I hid away from this feeling at the time, but my deep, deep down feeling was, I don't really care about that. Mm -hmm. Do you think the, but, yeah. that, that period before where it was all fun and all the rest of it, do you think that's back to the ego thing of you'd gone from being George the footballer to now George the CEO, George the founder? Probably, yeah. Who, who was getting investment? Yeah. And then reality sunk in? Yeah, mm. definitely. Mm. And that gap between, oh, mate, it, yeah, it was, it was like, it was dark. Me, me and Jamie can't really talk about much, we, we obviously do, but, um, we're really talking about it on here and makes me feel, it makes me feel sick because it was dark. It just wasn't right. It just wasn't us. It wasn't, I was putting on a fake me for, for ages because I kind of had to to keep it going. Um, whereas actually my real thing was like, I don't know if I really want to do this and I don't know if it's really what I care enough about. Mm. Um, it's not like we lied. It was more like I just avoided that feeling. So I, didn't, I wasn't lying to people to their face. It was more, those feelings were really deep down and I just pushed them really far down so that they didn't exist. Um, I think that's where I learned that I really need to work on something that I care about and mm. that matters and that impacts people. I think that's where I learned that it matters what I work. It's not just about having a business. It matters what I work on. Mm. That's, I think that's where I learned that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And when, when you say lying do you mean to those around you that that you were actually living this great life but when really internally you weren't probably yeah there's a bit of that and also um there's entrepreneur to be an entrepreneur you have to or to do things to create things you have to be a bit like you have to be brave and you have to say things that seem stupid but they seem feel right to you so there's a line between where you're trying to convince people to believe in what you're doing. So at the start, I was trying to get all my mates to use the app and I really believed in it. But there's a line between that and really accepting that like, this isn't right. And that line gets so blurry sometimes because sometimes you've got to really be able to differentiate. Am I just convincing myself here or do I really believe in this? And it's, so what I'm saying is, I, sometimes it feels like a lie to maybe like investors or people around me but I don't think I was I think I was trying to convince myself mm -hmm. trying to like really be like come on George you've got a business you've got everything you ever wanted come on like snap out of it like enjoy it like believe in it um I was almost, I was lying to myself more than anyone mm -hmm. really mm -hmm. um yeah it's a hard time hard mm. and then what 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 was like the uh, the demise of that then the um the, uh, the limbo period between that and this. Sanctus I um, I just couldn't do it anymore. Um, I'm trying to be more specific with how match chat was. Yeah, because I think you, he hearing you just 
when you said it was dark, that's mm. the bit I want to know more about. And then why that led to you leaving away as much as you want to go into it. But I just, I just wasn't myself. I was trying to be this, trying to be like this business guy um, because I thought that that would get, uh, it's so fucking hard to explain. It almost makes me emotional. It's, it's so weird because you give so much of yourself to, to create something, as you all know, to create something out of nothing. It's all you. So Match Chat was everything that me and Jamo had put, in, put out there. And then if you imagine after 12 months, my deep feeling is like, this isn't you anymore. This isn't you. So to like really admit that was really, really, really hard to do, especially when everyone around me was like, oh, you're doing well. So I think what makes me feel dark is that my gut knew, but my ego or whatever it was, ignored it and avoided it for a long time. So it makes me feel sick that I spent like basically another two years living out this kind of not being me, mm. being like a fake version of myself just to keep it going. And I don't know what I was hoping for, really. Mm. What was um, your worst case then? Like, what, what, like if, if you were fearful or anxious of a certain situation, what was like your worst case? It, it probably was fear of being seen as a, as a failure because I, with the football, I didn't make it. So I had to tell all my mates, oh yeah, I've been released. Mm. And then I'd started this business thing um, that everyone knew about and having to tell them that's failed as well mm. I think I just couldn't face couldn't face that really and I'd convinced so many people like my parents to allow me to drop out of uni mm. friends to believe in me girlfriends that, that like left me all these people that I kind of ignored on the way and then I had to kind of say you were right <laughs> mm. you were right this wasn't a good idea mm. that's what I was scared of and was there still an element of being scared of people just seeing just George Bethany? Oh, big time. Still. Big time, yeah. Mm. Big time. I just ran... So it got to the point where I literally couldn't do it anymore. I was the, We were talking about more investment and other things, and I literally remember just saying to J-Man, mate, I can't do this. I don't know. If this is what business is like, I don't want to do business because this isn't fun. I'm not enjoying this. And... I'd read books on like, you have to really work hard and, and um, you have to like battle through. Business is about persistence mm -hmm. and perseverance. So I was like, but this doesn't feel good. So I don't want to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And I remember just having to say, mate, I, I've got to go, I've got to leave. It's such a hard conversation to have. And as soon as I'd had it, I felt like this rush of relief. Mm -hmm. And then I just ran away. I just went away and um, took like a break basically and didn't tell anyone what I did like if people ask me like oh what do you do I'll be like oh just I worked in a marketing job pretended it didn't happen mm. and then yeah then, uh, then I had a really I think people see my career or my life as like these kind of fun th periods of like football and then this and then this and then this oh so positive honestly then the gap between Match Chat and Sanctus was still dark because mm. it was I was so low mm -hmm. um yeah, it was really fucking hard. And where, where did, during that period, what was your perception of business or how did you feel about business? You've, you've, read, you've read Branson. I just wanted to surf, mate. I just wanted to, then I was like, I don't want to do business anymore. Um, God, I've never talked about this stuff, guys. Um, it's good. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's good content. Yeah. I've never, I've ne I don't want to do business anymore. If that's what business is, not for me. And... I just want to serve. I, then I just did nothing. Tried to tried to just do nothing. 
And then I had this urge to just surf. I was like, I just want a really simple passion that is not like as intense. I just want something that's really simple that I can really work on. That And for some reason, I don't know why surfing just came out. So then I just <laughs> dedicated my life to surfing and I lived on this surf. I've worked at a surf school selling surf lessons. So I was doing like the hustle <laughs> of like, hey guys, when they were coming down to the beach, I was like, do you want a surf lesson? How's it going? And I, every day I just surfed and, and got good at surfing. But, but, did, but did you, you'd obviously gone through all these passions, football, magic, street dancing, yeah, yeah. business. You'd found, you'd found it finally, your passion. Did yeah, after match chat, were you then like, oh shit, this isn't my passion anymore. Yeah. So you, you like, you're like crisis of passion almost. Big time. Wow. Crisis of identity and passion and what do I do now with my life? Mm. So yeah, I was like, business isn't me, honestly. So I just wanted to just do nothing. I wanted to find something else again. And then I, that's when surfing, and I love surfing. It was quality. I don't know why, I just really enjoyed the, ch the challenge and mm. um, something about nature and stuff like that, I just loved it. But then again, after doing it for three months, I started to look at the lads and I, I was like, mm. you love this more than me. <laughs> I was like, you, I don't, I like it, but I don't, you, you fucking love it. Like <laughs> I would stay in the water for like two hours and they'd stay in for eight. It was crazy. So, and at the same time, something in me started coming back out where at the surf school, I was like, they can make more money hmm. if they, why don't they just change that? And that would be well better. Or why do they care so much about that? They could just do that and it'd be well better for people. I just started, my brain just started coming back. Um, it's probably after six months properly. And yeah, then my kind of, I don't know, my entrepreneurial side decided to come back again. Mm. It's funny, after a, like, a long time. I, I always see that in you whenever we like go and get a coffee, we'll go in a coffee shop and I'll just be there like ordering a coffee, but you'll be like, mm, if that table was moved over there, they could probably bring in this many more customers. The way, the way your brain's always done that. Mm. So I guess that just kind of kicked back into life, did it once mm. you're out there? And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the, and the guy who ran the surf school was a bit of a dick and <laughs> he was just, doing it to make money and I really didn't like him and I wanted to just own the surf school. I was like, I can't work for people. I was like, I don't want to work for this guy. I want to own it so I can make it good mm. and enjoy it. And people didn't like working for him and stuff and mm. they were charging what he was just, yeah, it was just wrong. I wanted to, to run it myself. Again. And then by, by make it good, like, yeah. what, what does that mean? Does that mean make um, more money? It's better for the, the surfers? It's, cause that, it, that's it, such a loose term as when well. I'm, right? When I'm honest, it, it was, it was, the people that worked for him didn't like him. I wanted to change that because their, their lives were pretty miserable. The, he was cutting corners. So like to make a little bit of extra money, he was mm. just cheapening things. And to be fair, there were other opportunities to like make money or do more that I was like, you could just do that and it would make more money or, uh, yeah. So there was, I was just like the, the opportunity of being able to grow it excited mm. me as well. Mm. What, yeah. what was, um, because it obviously would have been quite a dark place going into it. But when you got those feelings back of entrepreneurship and like, you were like, was that like really, like, was that a really good feeling? Because like, surely if, if you would have doubted so much whether, okay, mm. business isn't actually for me and all this time's gone into it. I imagine it would have felt a bit similar to, um, to like the, the thing Football. at Derby. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then getting the feelings back, was that like the first time you'd actually have like, Re recurring feeling of being like, oh shit, maybe like, maybe I am like, this yeah. is actually the thing. Mm. Mate, you're so, that's exactly what it did. Mm. It, it my, my confidence in myself started to come back. Cause I was like, hold on. 
yeah, this is just me. It's so deep. Yeah. I, I can't hold it in. And I, I was like relieved. I was like, oh, it is in there. It's there. Like, so whether you're good at it or not. Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just can't help it. It's like in there. So, yeah, it was like a relief. And I was, I was, ha- yeah, it made me feel happy that it was in there. And I, I kind of, yeah. Yeah, so true. Yeah. But then, but then were you like, what's next? Because you've, you've tried this business that didn't work and it was dark left you in a bad place. And then these feelings started to come back. And then, yeah, then, then where, where, where was your head then, at then? Then this is what's mad. This is where... It's, it's, it's weird is um, seriously within weeks of that happening my mate gives me a call from London and he's like mate I've just raised some investment hmm. with Ride Clinic with this business I need some help and I'll fly literally on the phone I'm in this little phone box in New Zealand where they've only got one phone box <laughs> and he's like I'll pay for your flight back come and work for me and I on the spot was like done honestly one it was literally like done um yeah, I just felt like, yeah, I just was like, yes. I, don't, I didn't really think about it. And then literally in three days later, I was, I was in an office in London um, working on Right Clinic. This platform to help people find the right clinic. And to be honest, that business wasn't great, but it got me back into the mm. world. I was there with like surfer blonde hair, flip-flops and shorts in this really corporate office, but I didn't care. I was like, this is sick. I'm actually back in, back in, in a weird way. Mm. Um, yeah, it was, it was weird how that happened, to be fair. And then I kind of earned, and then I kind of had to, something changed in me where it did feel different when I came back. It, it, I felt like this is, I'm actually really good at this. It's in me. I am good at this. Like some sort of inner confidence and belief was there. And yeah, it was just fun to be back in like an office and like a work environment and being involved in a company again, I think, yeah. And then how did that... What happened next? Yeah, yeah. Then, um, it's weird, then the founder of that company had been running it for a while, and I started pretty much running the business, but he had burned out. And he was at the point where he was like, I was like running it. And I was just like, basically, because of the last one was so wrong, I really wanted to make sure that whatever I got into next was right. And... No, it wasn't like whatever we're getting to next. If I'm going to commit to something, I need the, the foundations to be really, really right or else I can't really commit. So when he, when he was like, I'll fly you over for a few months and help me out, it sounded really fun. Then he wanted me to properly run it and do it. And that's when I was like, I literally was just like, no, I, this doesn't feel right. And then I went back home at 25 or something like that. After all that, I went back home to move in with my mum and dad with no plans. Um, he offered me like equity and good money and stuff and I was just like now nah, I'm going home um, just turned up at my house with uh, yeah I just had no plan and then like you're literally asking me my life story here. <laughs> and then I got then it got really dark because then I was just I didn't know what to do I was back in Litchfield where I'd grown up and I didn't really have anything to my name like mates around me had like cars and jobs and girlfriends I had nothing it was yeah, it was dark, man. I, I, I you, feel like this whole thing's been dark. I know. Just ask me all the stories. Well, no, we're, we're, we're about to go into the, the, the fun, positive stuff. <laughs> <Yeah. something, but laughs> you've always said you don't really have a mental health story. You, you've always yeah. kind of said that. And, and you've always <laughs> yeah. said that, that James is the one with the mental health story. You're the business yeah. mind. But then <laughs> the odd time we go out, something will kind of slip. And I'll, yeah. and I'll be like, there's something there. But here today, I've, just, I've heard you say like three 
periods of your life were dark, like really, mm. really dark. And I can mm. see it in your eyes. But like, what, what was that? Was that like, depression? Was like this, this period that we're talking about now was was I'd say the first time I properly experienced depression mm-hmm. because I I just spent a long I think at Match Chat the gap between who I really was and who I was being on the day day to day that void was real was wasn't didn't feel good and I'd say that it was touching on feeling depressed at, at Match Chat whereas and it was and I was in a low point there where when I was on my own at home, I had no vision or idea of how, what, what was next and where I was going to go and who I really was. And for the first time, yeah, I just had nothing. I just felt like I had nothing and I wasn't good at anything. And I couldn't, the reason I know it was depression, I couldn't shake it. I'm normally so optimistic and positive. I can normally be like, yeah, but come on, mate, like the life's great. And mm. I'd find a way of seeing a perspective on something to make me excited about something and driven again. I couldn't do it. I didn't want to get out of bed. I've never had that before. I would ha- be happy to just lie in bed all day. And I did that for, I was like watching Jeremy Kyle and stuff like that. It was so weird. Mm. Like, and I just couldn't, I just couldn't build, I didn't know what to do. Um, I didn't know where to turn basically. I didn't know where to start next to find. I, I felt like I tried everything, so I was like, "Well, what's the point? I, I'm not going to try anything else." Mm. Well, if if that was depression then for you, what what was the? Because I, I often find when people say that, obviously it's different for of different course, people. Yeah. But like, what was the opposite of it for you? Because I find that's the best for me anyway. The best descriptor to find out what mm. what was missing mm. is to see what the opposite was. Mm. Like somebody struggling with um, anxiety. If you, yeah. if you look at the opposite of what that is, some people will say excitement. Mm. Some people will say connection. Mm. Things like that. Um, so, what was the opposite of depression for you at that point? So when I f- when I felt best is when I'm. I've got a really, it's, it's really hard to describe. I, I just really feel like I've got a good sense of like where I'm going. I've got a good view of that. I've got a good sense of like myself and I feel like I'm being myself, like mm. being my real self. Mm. Um, and I think for me, when I've got those two things and I'm working on something that I really enjoy, mm. I'm doing things that I enjoy and I'm around people that I enjoy, mm. uh, that I enjoy being around. I just that makes me feel good. I'm hearing things. like passion and purpose. I I I feel like those. Are, I always hear you say those things, like those two words. Mm. I almost feel like that's your definition of business as well. Like this this should be like talking passion, talking <laughs> purpose rather yeah, than talking yeah. business. But yeah, yeah. That, that's what I'm kind of hearing there. Yeah, true. Yeah, I think that, and I had none of it. Mm. I, had, I had nowhere. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. At that point, I didn't know where to find it again. It was really hard to know where to to go to get it. Mm-hmm. So. And I, I, I lacked confidence. I think the opposite of that, Scotty, is like confidence and self-belief that comes from within it. And I didn't have any. Mm. I, I just felt like nothing. Did, did you make progress on that whilst you were at home? Or was the next thing really James? No, the, uh, the thing that got me out was like, it was, I was low. And the thing that got me out um, was going to the gym. Okay. Yeah. Um, having some routine and mm. discipline and work ethic and progress and purpose, mm-hmm. basically. And I quite enjoyed it, a bit of passion, two things maybe. You've probably known me there, George. And 
I just could see, oh, I'm getting better at that gym thing. And it made me feel like I was making progress mm. and I could see how it was improving me. And then it it stirred something inside where I had the belief of like, yeah, I could feel like literally like my brain and my internal stuff like starting to kick back into gear. I started to feel um, my belief coming back. So just as simple as going to the gym, like 45 minutes a day, built me back. And then once that confidence started to come, I then started to get creative. I'd be like, oh, mm. who are the companies that I love? Um, us two, um, Ignite, like these companies that I'd interacted with. Right, I'm going to reach out to the founders and just be like, hey, anything going on? And before I knew it, I had, I, I, I had two job offers, one in Australia to set up or run us two Sydney and one for Ignite to set up Ignite, um, the investment company in Manchester. And then I had to make a choice, but it, it was like three or four maybe even six months of being at home, like kind of in a difficult place. Then I started going to the gym, then I started to feel good about myself, and then I started to actually want to send emails. Before I went, started going to the gym, the thought of emailing, I remember consciously being like, why don't you email some people and see if they've got any jobs or stuff? And I couldn't even type the email out. I know you've, you've you, everyone here has been in a similar place or, and yeah, I didn't want to write the email because I, I just felt this rush of like anxiety and just, just I wanted to like give up. I was like, no, I'm not going to send that. I'm not worthy of that. Um, but by going to the gym, it made me feel like I was worthy. So then I started to send these emails mm. and no. things happened. Yeah, I think I, I, like, I, <laughs> I, my heart, I can feel my heart going because I think I just, as you're talking, I'm replaying my own story in my own head and I can relate so much. Like you, you're in like a pit, aren't you? That you even like doing, even like going for a shower is just the most, like takes the most amount of energy, mm. like drains you. And I, I didn't know that I didn't know you've been in that place. Like you've never, you've always told me you've never had a mental health story, but mm. like that, it is. That's yeah. a mental health story. I don't, I don't know. Like wh yeah. when you say to me, I don't have one. What, like, what, why? <sighs> uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's that I haven't talked about it as much. I, I, like as you can tell by me feeling awkward now. Like I don't actually. People think I'm loud and confident and and talk a lot. I don't actually talk about my, myself that much I don't I, well I'm, I maybe do but not on a level mm -hmm. like I'll keep it quite surface I, I find it weird I find it quite hard to talk about myself um, properly so I think that's been like my defense mechanism of like oh really that I don't really have anything to, to, to share on that just to kind of that, yeah. that's fair but I think that's the bit I've always wanted to get into because mm. because like like Branson for example so much of how you've built businesses and how you've now built Sanctus is through you, yours and James's personality. Like so mm. much of it is kind of mm. tied in with, with the business. So by talking about you, mm. we talk about Sanctus or part of Sanctus. Mm. Yeah, so yeah. that's why I don't want you to shy away from True. that. True. Yeah, it's just new for me. Yeah. It's just really new and I don't want to pretend I, I, it's easy for me. I, I want to be real about it and be like, that those times are so hard that I don't even feel like I, w I want to, I know I'm doing it on a podcast now, but <laughs> I don't really want to talk about it too much because sure. if it's that dark, I barely want to go back. Sure. Um, yeah, but it is. It, it feels good talking to you both about it now because I have, literally haven't told many people. To be fair, honestly, I, I'd say like two or three. Wow, um, fair. Because I, I can say I was t a hard period, and people are like, yeah, I bet it was, and I'm like, no, it's hard. Like I'll keep it at that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And where I mean, it's a big jump, but <laughs> also I'm a, I'm a little conscious of time. But I suppose where, when did Sanctus come into that? It didn't, it just didn't. I, I honestly, like, 
with all the other things, I was trying to start something, trying to find something. And Sanctus came from, you know, me or James not not trying to mm. find it. Um, I think I always say JMO's ahead of me in terms of like, he's always like six months ahead because <laughs> he, he lives a lot in his brain and I'm more in like my gut and my heart. So he's already, he's already thought about the things and, and said them. And then I actually like six months later catch up. And I think that's what happened with Sanctus. Like he was talking about his, how he was feeling and I hadn't really processed it at the time. Um, so as he was speaking about it, I was like, fuck, yeah, I kind of felt like that and stuff like that. And so, yeah, I, I think Sanctus was born and it, it just felt really different this time. It felt, it just felt right. I can't explain it any other way. I, it just felt, um, yeah, it just felt right. I don't know. The, the thing that I was scared of most is that the reason why I feel like my lows were so low is because when you give all of yourself to something, like when I look at these musicians that put their entire life into an album, literally their whole vulnerable self in an, in an album, and then people listen to it and go, that was shit. And then the album bombs and then you don't get signed again. I'm like, that people don't realize how hard that must be to take. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think, to be honest, I don't think I was, I didn't think I was ready to run another company that was my own. Um, because I was scared of putting so much of myself into something else. I didn't want to go to that low again. I think I'm still scared of it. Mm. I think right now I'm still scared of us failing and me going back to those places. So yeah, it took me a while before I was actually called JMO and was like, mate, I think I'm ready. I think we should do this again. And he was like, mate, it's weird you've been saying that because I think I'm ready as well. Mm. We almost needed our time apart to build ourselves back up. I needed to build myself back up. Yeah, man, it's, it's so weird talking about it. It's so weird. Sorry, well, I, know. I, I guess what's what are the core differences? Um, I know myself a bit more. Um, I know what I won't, what I'm not willing to do. Mm. I'm, I'm willing to kind of say, no, I don't want to be like that or live like that or run the company like that. I think when I was younger, I listened to everyone around me. I presumed that everyone knew better than me because they were a bit older than me. Mm. Even though my gut was screaming like, don't do it like that. This time I'm like, fuck everyone. I'm just gonna do it my own way. And if we fail, then I'm happy because mm -hmm. I've done it my own way. So the, that self-awareness is the biggest difference, I think, mm -hmm. from, I don't know whether you just, I, I think I get it from age, but also just from experience. Mm -hmm. and, what, and what is that own way, your own way that you want people to see out there? I think the reason I started talking business is because I want to talk about this, maybe not always my story, but I see businesses and, and running companies and what I've been doing and just work as it, you spend all your time, all your life doing it. And so I want people to know that it is possible um, to be yourself in, in, I want to inspire people and I want to help people be themselves at work because I think I wasn't for, for a long time and it was shit and I hear so many others Who's, who go to work and don't enjoy it and can't be themselves. And I'm like, guys, we're spending all of our time at work. Try and find something that you enjoy and be yourself when you're there. Like that's, if you can't do that, then why are you doing it? Mm -hmm. And I think that's, I think it, I, I wanna, I, I've experienced that on both sides and I think I really wanna encourage people to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think I want to also 
Um, there was something about when we ran Match Chat where I kept all my thoughts and feelings to myself and didn't share it. And that wasn't good for me. And I feel like this is an, an outlet for me to be able to express how I'm feeling and thinking so that it's out there, so that it doesn't just sit with me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think, because I, I mean, we, we, the whole purpose of this was to talk about the why behind talking business. And even though we're just getting on to the Sanctus story, then mm. I think that, that story is going to be integrated in, in, in pretty much every other episode. And, you mm-hmm. know, we may actually do an episode just talking about what happens since the start of Sanctus. Mm. But going from this, because we have even though we've not put a, we've put a couple words on it, but um, that whole story was effectively your definition of what business is to you. Mm. Um, but this is kind of like a question for both of you, and I'll start with George Bell. Um, but yes. what is your definition of business? And for George Bell, I, I guess what's your definition of business going off the presumption it's, um, it's come from George Bettany, but I guess most importantly, what is your how do you see business through George Bettany's eyes? <laughs> That's such a good question. Do you know what? Honestly, my definition of business has changed since I've met you. I, I'm not joking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, genuinely, I think... It's the same for me, yeah. I, I think before Sanctus, business to me was corporations. It was money. It was tall buildings and office blocks and suits and whatever, all that that crap. And I, Now, I don't know if I could give you a succinct definition of what business is because all these other words come into my head of honesty, authenticity creating purpose, passion, legacy. Business is stretched beyond like just the the kind of two office blocks to like Ed Sheeran. I see Ed Sheeran as like a business <laughs> almost now and, and Avicii as a business or whatever. So I, I, I couldn't give you like a definition in, in, in kind of a couple of sentences, but it's not a dirty word to me anymore. I think I honestly think it was before I came before mm. I came into Sanctus, but you, you've on, you've honestly changed that the word to me, and that, that's why I've wanted to do this episode so long, because mm. I want other people to see the, the same. Um, yeah. Yeah. And George, what is, what's your definition of business? I'm like emotional. And does, that, does, that make, does that make sense to you, like, like that kind of... Um, yeah, mate. I'm literally emotional. It's weird. Um, I think that's because what I'm doing, that's why I want to do this. That's why mm-hmm. I want to run Sanctus the way we, we do. Like, hearing you say that, George, makes me feel like I've, I've done it. I've mm. done it with one mm. person. <laughs> that it doesn't just have to be a certain thing. Yeah, I feel emotional. That all of that is kind of it's amazing to hear how you've learned that. I've, yeah, I'm a bit don't know what to say. <laughs> I, I think I think also seeing it in in practice, like we we've obviously talked about it a lot here, but we're actually doing it here here at Sanctus. I think you know I've had a difficult background in, in business before, and I came in with a lot of those misconceptions here or. I was worried about the way I had to work here or the way I'd have to sell or whatever. And you've given me so much permission to do business differently, which has been incredible. And now I feel so confident to to turn up in shorts to a meeting in, in an office block in Canary Wharf with mm. like a FTSE 100 company because I'm just being myself. And if they don't like it, then and fine. But I think two years ago, I'd be like, no, no, that's not how business is done. Mm. So I think we we actually live like kind of live the talk here as well, which again, that's you give the permission to do that. I, I think, think I don't good. have a choice with that anymore because mm-hmm. I've been so far the other way that I'm like, I, I can't do it any other way anymore. I have to just be myself. I have to really try and be myself because the other, the other option isn't worth it. It's just not worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. And um, I guess I guess with that, the best thing to do from here is uh, plug video content at the end of the... Mm. 
yeah, how we ha- should we just leave it? Are we wrapping up? Yeah, we can ra- we can wrap up from here. Um, well, it's been a pleasure, I guess. I feel yeah. like you've opened me up. I've never, ever, <laughs> ever, ever. You'll go back there. You'll go back there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you will. But I've never two. bothered to share parts of my story. I just don't. I don't even people watching or listening. I don't even know if they'll find it interesting or valuable. I don't know. That's why I don't talk about it because I'm like, is it even valuable? So, yeah, I just think you guys. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like I've been opened up. So mm-hmm. thank you for mm-hmm. for doing that. I don't know if it's any good. No, no, but that your story is how you do business. They're so they're so linked. Mm. I don't know how much you see that, but I I can see that. And mm. that's see, I, honestly, I see. don't see it. Yeah, like, it honestly, it's so it's, hard to, do you not, to see. Do it. not. No, yeah. the same the it's, same thing. Yeah, like, it's just it's your it's how you've gone about business or mm. what what it's meant to you mm. that defines what we're talking about. I think as well, like I want obviously the impact of sanctus as a, as a company like the actual product or service that we offer to change people's lives i feel like is huge but i honestly i really want sanctus to be a big company so that the way we run sanctus and the way we do business is looked at by other companies around mm-hmm. the world so they run their companies like that so other employees and people can have the same experience that we're having here I feel so passionate about that i feel like we can do that mm-hmm. um yeah, I don't know why I just wanted to add that. I think that's that's the goal. That's why I'm doing this. I really want to, on all levels, inspire people to, yeah, be themselves. Yeah, and it's an important note, obviously, for probably a different time, but this is a business that you are trying to grow and you do want to, it to go global and, and make money and there's no point hiding away from that fact. But the point is you, you are doing it from such a pure, mm. honest place. It's not from the place a lot of people might see when they hear the word business of they're just trying to make money to go and buy Ferraris. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's the difference now. Yeah. We'll talk about that more. That, that, that's Next another episode, episode, yeah. I feel like the, the finishing lines, that's how business is done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Passion and purpose. Yeah. Passion and purpose. Cool. Right. Thanks, thanks for joining us. Having me. It's been yeah, a pleasure. Cheers, George. Whether you've watched, listened, mm. whatever it is, I'm sure we'll get a, a good 10 views on YouTube. To wrap up as well, thanks everyone for, for listening. Um, I think we're on like iTunes and Spotify. I think most people listen on iTunes. So if you are listening, subscribe on there or on Spotify. Um, yeah, and we're, we're putting this podcast online for the first time on YouTube, so you can watch the clip as well if mm. you if you want to. Um, so subscribe on there as well. Yeah, perfect. Cool. And thanks, George Bell. Yeah, thanks for having Cheers me. Time. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to come back for another one. I'm just, <laughs> yeah. just saying, we might invite you back. Yeah. Although if it goes back it down bombs. to those levels, yeah. yeah. Nice. Cheers, team. Yeah. Peace.